What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So we have a lot to get into. Let's just jump straight in. So I will start with the AL East. We have the Blue Jays. They are soaring up this wild card race. And I, I don't know what it is, man. This dude, Marcus Semyon, just kept rolling last night with his 38th home run of the season. I mean, this dude, uh, I don't know. I'm not even going to say it. Let's just appreciate what he's doing. Appreciate the greatness. I've, we've, we've, um, we've delved into it, but let's just acknowledge how good he is. He is that good. We don't need to be surprised anymore. But the Blue Jays got a 5-1 win over the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. And this was the Blue Jays' sixth win in a row. This is big. Sixth win in a row, nine wins in their last ten. They are now just two games back of the Red Sox for second in the AL wildcard spot. Two and a half games back of the Yankees for first. They are very much in the playoff picture. I think it was just a week ago we were talking about, yeah, it was like last week. I was like, yeah, you know, too bad. Uh, the Blue Jays have everything except the bullpen. They could have been, you know, in the playoff hunt. They're not out yet. I think they were like four games out. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, we were talking about the, you know, Semyon and Robbie Ray breakouts and everything. I should just stop talking. I should just stop trying to predict playoff teams because I've I've been wrong on multiple occasions this year, counting teams out when they really aren't. I think I should take my own advice and realize that the baseball season really is a marathon and not a sprint. You could look at any window of games, 20, 30-game stretch, and think you know a team, but you don't in baseball. You don't. You can't just look at you know even a month. You really have to look at the full picture and you have to give it time because, as I've said many, many times, this is a high variance sport. Teams, even the best teams will go on head scratching, losing streaks, and even the worst teams will go on long win streaks. It happens all the time. But nonetheless, Toronto has a lot of firepower and they're moving with a lot of momentum right now. I mean, right now. The Blue Jays are a team that nobody wants to face. No one wants to face them right now. Nobody wants to face them in October because they're clicking on all cylinders. I mean, last night you had Garrett Cole on the bump for the Yankees, and they still won. They still won. Um, So that just goes to show you that, yeah, this is not a team that you want to face. Moving on, let's go to... Here, here's a, a nice uh, feel-good story. So, we talked about Albert Pujols making his comeback, or his re- sorry, his return to St. Louis. He wasn't in the lineup in Game One of the series. He was yesterday. I mean, it wasn't quite the reception he got when he returned to a sold-out crowd in 2019. But those fans who were there showed him plenty of love. I mean, crowd rose to their feet, welcoming back one of the best players to ever play for the Cardinals organization. Of course, Yadi Molina. Stood in front of home plate, give fans the opportunity to give Pujols his well-deserved standing ovation. And then guess what? Pujols homered. Like a story. And yeah, now we have, you know, if we're looking at his career numbers, obviously. He's, close, he's closing in on 700. He's at 679 career home runs. We might see him come back. I mean, Pujols only needs, right as we speak, he needs 21 more to get to 700 career home runs. And he has good numbers against lefties, which I did not realize. He entered yesterday hitting 301 against left-handed pitching this season. And if he can go to an American League team next year, or I guess not necessarily because he's playing with a National League team right now, if he can go to any team next year 
that will give him a platoon job, a legitimate platoon job, let him start against left-handed pitching, we could see Pujols get to 700 home runs next season. And that is a massive milestone. And I'm very sure he wants to get there. I'm very sure that's what he's gunning for. And um, I think, yeah, there are going to be a lot of teams who, who want to be part of those sweepstakes. But, yeah, I mean, 13 of his 17 homers this year have been off of lefties. And um, so that home run was not all that all that the Dodgers would do. They would get two home runs from Justin Turner as well. They get four hits from Will Smith. End up winning this game by a score of 7-2 to in St. Louis. So, yeah, Bulls is still playing some first base. Still playing some first base. Um, Will Smith also homer, by the way, as part of his four-hit day. So it's total of four homers on the night for the for the Dodgers. If we move on to the Mets, so Pete Alonso, we were talking about home runs. Remember this guy? So he now has become the second fastest ever to reach 100 career home runs in terms of games played. Yesterday was his 347th major league game, and he is the second fastest player to ever do it. The fastest was Ryan Howard, who did 325 games, so 22 games faster than Pete Alonso. But Alonzo is a home run machine. I mean, he's just the eighth player in history to hit 100 or more home runs in each of – I'm sorry, yeah. Sorry, 100 more home runs within his first three seasons. Not in each of his first – within his first three seasons. Um, so the home run he SA was his 100th. It was his 31st of the year. Came in the first inning of a Mets 9-4 victory over the Marlins. And then he also hit another home run, his 32nd of the season, in the ninth, just to bookend the win. And that lifted the Mets above 500. They're 70 and 69 now. So as we talk about teams that are, you know, kind of changing the narrative as we enter September, the Mets seem to be on somewhat of a groove now. I mean, at least the guys who they pay big money for, for example, Francisco Lindor, I would say, he seems to be, have been heating up over the past week or so. Um, and, Obviously, if he is the the normal Francisco Lindor that we know and we love, the guy we remember from Cleveland, he is the best shortstop in baseball when he plays at that level. Whether or not he will get back to that level, I don't know, but he, he has improved significantly. But the Mets are a game over 500. They still are looking up at the Braves, though, in the NL East, and the Braves are, are kind of leading that charge. Let's head out west. Let's head out to San Diego. So Blake Snell has been sharp lately. His last several starts, you know, I talked about his his uh, month of August, how he was phenomenal. At this moment, I would say Blake Snell might be the most unhittable pitcher in baseball. I mean, yesterday he, he was chasing history. He had a no-hitter for much of the game. He carried a perfect game, actually, into the seventh. Struck out 11 angels on the night. And he actually became the first Padres lefty to rack up 10 strikeouts in three consecutive starts. So, like I said, probably the most unhittable pitcher in baseball right now. But oddly enough, they didn't even come close to winning this game. The Angels won 4-0. So, Joe Adele broke up the no-hitter in the top of the seventh. Runners on second and third. He hits a single up the middle, and that scores two runs. So, it was seven innings of no-hit ball before that, then Joe Adele breaks it open. And you lose a no-hitter, you lose the shutout. Obviously, at that point, you're just trying to 
you know, keep things intact and, and win the game. But the Padres still lost this game. So with the Padres losing and the Reds winning up in Chicago, that moved both those teams, the Padres and the Reds, into a tie for that second wild card spot. So, I mean, technically it's a tie. Like, the Reds have played two more games than the Padres. So the Padres have a one-game lead in the loss column. So they have a bit of a lead in percentage points, but virtually they're tied because obviously at the end of the day you have to play the same number of games. But, yeah, I mean, Blake Snell's coming off a start last week in Arizona. He didn't allow a hit across seven innings. And then now he's – so I don't know what's going on with Snell going deep into the game. This is guy a guy who for the first half of the season would – Hardly even go past the fifth inning. Actually, for much of his career, he just never really has gone deep into games. And I, I remember actually kind of joking a few times this season saying he's a glorified opener. But he's turned that around. He's turned that around. Since the beginning of August, he has a 1.85 ERA. And he seems to have been getting better every time out. So the former Cy Young winner is finding his groove out there in San Diego. And in other news, Wander Franco extended his on-base streak. It is now up to 37 games. He's passed Mickey Mantle. This is the longest on-base streak in American League history by a player 20 years old or younger. He broke a tie with Mickey Mantle. So he's 0-3 entering the seventh inning of last night's game. He finished 0-4, but he worked a walk against Brad Peacock. And, you know, we'll hear a lot about hit streaks, but this is super impressive too. Honestly, I think this is just as impressive as a hit streak because with a hit streak, you know, Obviously, you know, you have to get lucky sometimes to get hits. Getting on base streak, yeah, either you're hitting the ball or you're working walks. You know, obviously, you can get lucky with errors too, but, you know, getting on base is just as good. Getting on base is just as good. So, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that. So, yeah, as as you as you can see, there hasn't been a lot going on. There's been a lot going on, but um, I think that's, that's going to cover it for today. If you enjoyed this, Please share with someone who'd be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.